Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Without boring you the details, like how a noise gate works. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of 20 Minute Tims. I'm your host Jamie, I'm joined by Melly. Yes. And Stephen. Hello. Uh, this weekend we saw something new. We saw angry Brendan Mark Melly. Do you think he had a right to be angry? Yeah, definitely. I'd have loved to have seen him at halftime. Mm. Having players by the throat up against the wall <laughs> and it. That'd be brilliant to see. But uh, Warranted at halftime. Mm. It was one of the worst uh, first half performances I've seen from Celtic. Some terrible performances and glad he got the reaction he wanted. Yeah, uh, it was refreshing actually to see him so... It was seething after the game, absolutely furious. And I I liked that he did that, Uh, not because I want to turn it into a player versus manager versus fans thing. It's because I think that it vindicated somewhat all of the feelings that we've been having about various parts of this season, about how how just sort of underwhelming it's been at times. And there it all just bubbled to the surface. Brendan Rodgers is absolutely furious with the standard of the performances going in. I don't think that came out of nowhere. I don't think it was like, well, we've been so good up until this point and that half was a one-off. It, I think it's been, I can only speculate, of course, just from my perspective watching these games, I reckon it's got to a point where he's just absolutely had enough. Had enough. Well, with I, I'd agree with you because yeah. even though he was angry at halftime, he had a choice, didn't he? He didn't have to come out and tell us he no, was angry no. at halftime. He yeah. could have just kept it all in-house, but he decided merely that it was something that was worth publicising. No, and look, that... Uh... Sky, he done Clyde One, he done a number of interviews and <laughs> yeah. he said the exact same Aye. thing and always started with the exact same thing. So he wanted the message out there. He's been very, very clear in his messages this week, Brendan Rogers, over the last week or so. Very, very clear. I've enjoyed all his press conferences press conferences because you feel as a fan sometimes, are we been taken for mugs here or what? Mm. And he's coming out and basically backing up what, what we're thinking and how we feel that it's not been good enough and that whether it be in the boardroom, the recruitment and on the pitch, it's not been good enough all round and we're starting to see that now. I don't know. I think he's long enough back in the job now that he's done the bit with the players where he said, oh, look, they've been brilliant for me and all that. He's taken a different approach this time and he got the reaction. Look, can he disagree with 
anything he's saying to be honest he's been very direct recently I mean it's a massive month of football massive two months the month of December huge games culminating in a Glasgow derby then we've got the January transfer window it's two important months for yeah. Celtic and by the way we've got lots of great content on patreon.com slash 20 minute Tim snuck that one in there but you can check that out we're going to have obviously match coverage of all the games coming up we're going to have scouting done we're going to have extra content from Alex Barker, the Euro expert, bringing us some little keys, little key positions that Celtic might be able to improve on, and we're going to be discussing some certain signing options with him. We've got some really good content, and we're also going to look back at January transfer business of the past, see how well that's panned out for both Celtic and Brendan. So, Patreon.com/slash20minutetims if you want involved. But Stephen, yeah, he's been very clear recently, hasn't he? First on the transfers about needing quality in, and after the Champions League exit, he, 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 he didn't shy away from any microphones at that point. And then after the, the game there at St. Johnson, he was very, very clear. Simply not good enough. And as Melly said, it echoes what a lot of fans have thought. Well, he hasn't specifically, quite literally said the players aren't good enough, but all all of the parts amount yeah. to that. Don't, like, we need quality and the performances aren't good enough. What does that mean? It means my players aren't good enough. Now, it, I had started to wonder here if the big bad board, because that's been the, the focus ever since that comical AGM a few weeks ago, right? Mm. The, the board have been in sharp focus. I had started to wonder that Right, that's that's there, right? That is a problem, but it's kind of becoming a distraction for the fact that these games aren't good enough. And I feel comfortable saying that now that Brendan Rodgers has come out and, and said it's not good enough because in my mind, there are it, there's a big difference between uh, dropping points and that's firmly what I think we will start to do if we keep playing like this. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm worried about it. When we're putting in first half performances like that, that inevitably leads to drop points, if not defeats. And there's a big difference between Dropping points out of nowhere, which um again will happen. It's I'm not saying we've got any God given right to win every single game, but remember last season when Celtic lost to St. Mirren? Yes. We thought, where, where did that come from? And the longer the weeks went on when Celtic were winning game after game after game, we looked back on that and thought, Well, that was just a complete anomaly, right? There, yeah. That that just happened. Who knows what happened on the day it was a disaster. But there's a big difference between dropping points in that manner and dropping points when you can see it coming a mile yeah. off based on the performances that are that are on the field. So that first half alarmed me, to be honest. Now, it's great. It was a great win to get, and the performance in the second half was significantly better. Uh, like the, the the cliche, a game of two halves, as, mm -hmm. as you say, I mean, it exists for a reason, but never has there been a more stark difference between two halves in, that I can remember. But I was worried about that first half because I thought we are going absolutely nowhere. And... When Celtic equalised, I thought, right, we're fine. We're fine. I think we'll go on and win this game. But the first half was an inexplicable, just a, a shocking performance from a Celtic team. And look, I, I don't want to be entitled and people will say, oh, you know, it's only one game and all that. But to my mind, there there, are, there is a minimum standard here. There's a minimum mm. standard at a club like Celtic and that didn't meet it. And the manager came out and told us that. Look, you got a free pass as far as I'm concerned. Uh, if Brendan Rodgers is coming out saying it's no good enough for me, it's no good enough to be a Celtic player, then yeah. I don't think really anybody's got a leg to stand on when they, they, they want to disagree with that. But Melly, what is it you think that Brendan saw in the game that upset him so much or made him so angry? It was passive and it was slow and I always get my back up when people say this because I feel it's just... Not all the time, but a lot of it's just Brendan Rodgers last season. Celtic were slow. This is what we've got again. But every time he comes out and he says, they weren't quick enough, they weren't quick enough, they weren't quick enough, and the players aren't doing it. We're seeing too many players take the easy option. Yeah. Take the easy option, not try and make things happen. And that's not good enough at Celtic because we know that teams will sit in and we know that teams will make it difficult for us. So, so many players like... 
gang, one of the worst halves of football I've ever seen yeah. from a player. And then I think that sums it up because Wei Liang was disgraceful, to be honest. Oh. And I, I don't, I don't mean that, but <laughs> I, I do mean that because I felt sorry for Yang in recent weeks because things haven't been going from him. Mm. And the the first couple of minutes, the ball goes over to him in the right, and the ball goes under his foot and out. And like that can happen to him. He's maybe get a bit of low confidence, but. So if you're having a bad game, make sure the guy you're up against is having a terrible game as well. But didn't do that. Didn't do that. Didn't make runs. Didn't do anything. Caught offside a number of times out of sheer laziness. I can't describe it other than anything else because I had a front row viewing of it. I was on the left-hand side of the stand, right in front of him, and he was just standing offside, not, not getting back in. But that sort of summed it up. There was players like that just not giving 100%. And as Celtic fans, I, I hate the fact that we love guys like Johnny Hayes because he gave 100% mm. because that is the bare minimum you should get being a Celtic player as you give 100% and everything else after that the technique and all that comes into it but you must give 100% and so many of them like Yang Greg Taylor David Turnbull you could have subbed a number of players and it wouldn't have made a difference it was so poor I think Melly's onto something he says taking the easy way out uh, Brendan Rodgers says a couple of the players thought they were in for an easy afternoon yeah, yeah. and I, I thought this in some Champions League games and we'll touch on that but I, I, I've seen it now leach into the, the run of the mill domestic stuff and it's taking the ball and just passing it to the nearest guy to you now you want to see Celtic be brave and ambitious and aggressive on the ball. You want to see players trying to make stuff happen. But some of that first half was was played at walking pace. Now, we're going to obviously talk about the second half because some of it was it was night and day. It was much better yeah, in the second yeah. half. But I could really see what, watching the game as a fan, you could see yourself, this isn't, this isn't right. This isn't working. As Melly says, too passive. Nobody getting on the ball, dictating, making things happen. The Yang performance... I'm with Melly. That was people don't like it on people don't like it on social media. We put a tweet out, or I put a tweet out. Hands up, it was me going. Is Yang one of the worst players I've ever seen? <laughs> I don't know, but he's verging towards that with performances like this. That was the me saying Yang is definitely the worst Celtic player I've ever seen. But it has been so long since I remember such an error-strewn performance from a player that couldn't pass it, couldn't cross it. Drifting offside, standing offside. The guy was having a he was having an absolute nightmare out there. And if you're Brendan Rodgers standing in the sideline, you know the only concession I will give Yang is he's playing probably out of pure necessity at the moment because the the, the, the guys who would start that both in Maeda and Abad are both injured. So so he's he's found himself in there, but there was no real excuse for that. I mean he's a professional footballer at Celtic you need to be turning in a much better performance like that and it was the repeated errors that really got my back up from Yang I don't know if I could use the word necessity about Yang because mm. two guys who came off the bench one in Mikey Johnson who changed the game quite mm. significantly he contributed quite a lot to changing the game in Celtic's favour and James Forrest came off the bench and scored you know you know can't really ask for much more than that. Yang has been preferred to both of those guys. Either of those guys could play in Yang's position. Why, so do, you, why do you think that is? I've no idea. I genuinely, I've been thinking about it a lot. I don't know what the justification for playing Yang at the moment is. And it, again, I feel that excessively having a go at a younger player feels a bit crap, you know, from a fan. I, I know, I know I think it does, it, but... I, I, you're right, because and, and we, we're all willing him to do well. Oh, yeah, we all want, he's had nothing... See, to be honest... He's had a lot of praise on the podcast, yeah. has, has Yang, but I was... You in that, particular. I guess I was excited by yeah. him and I was encouraged and I was really, really like the fact that he seems to be a good dribbler, he seems to have a trick in him, he seems to want to go and go and go again. But that performance, I was just like, 
John Joe Kenny. It was up there with John Joe Kenny <laughs> stuff. It was up there with Mido Baldi type stuff. And I'm just like, <sighs> it was it was like George Ware's cousin. Stuff. <laughs> I was like, this guy's just he's no got it. He's no got no. it this afternoon. And in the context of the whole performance, as Melly said, he, he listed a number of players. It was just it was shocking to see a Celtic team perform that badly, and I thought out of everyone that performed badly, he was the worst. Yeah, and just take, where, your, take your medicine, Yangi. But that was that's yeah. And where I was going with with that about judging players and you know feeling like we're unnecessarily piling in on a younger player. He's played eighteen games now. Mm. now I know he hasn't started all of them, but eighteen's quite a lot to be able to make your mind up about what type of player uh, someone is is currently and is likely to be. I don't think it's uh, enough evidence to make a lasting judgement about writing the guy off completely but it's definitely enough to build a picture in your head about what the guy is likely to be going forward and he's absolutely miles off it just now that was so far away from the standard required that it's incredible and that's not to say he has been terrible in all of those 18 games that's simply untrue he was very very good in the first half against Aberdeen extremely good mm. bothering on man of the match had Palmer not taken over in the second half and set up several goals I think he was in for man of the match and one of the best performances of the season as a team that is but that was that was absolutely miles off it and he just he might get better he might I don't necessarily I can't really think of many examples off the top of my head of players who have looked that far off it mm. and then went on to become proper Celtic players I'm sure there are examples so if I was to pl play Yang's advocate here right, right. if Yang if Abada and Maeda were both fit right Yang wouldn't be playing as much so he wouldn't be making these mistakes in first team Celtic games no, he'd be no. making them in training or he'd be making them in B team games where we don't get to see him that is a defence that you could put forward for Yang nobody's put forward for him yet but he's making all these mistakes in the full glare of the demands of the Celtic first team would yeah. be one defence. Yeah, and I know everybody's bored about hearing about the transfer window, but see, ultimately these players, right? Palma aside, who plays now virtually every game, I think he'll start the vast, vast mm. majority of the games. Yang is the basically the second most high-profile signing we've made this, mm. this summer. Who else? Home. Home has yeah. played a handful of games yeah. maximum. Bernardo in and out. So Yang is the second most prolifically chosen player in the in the Celtic team so we have to make some sort of judgment judgment yeah. on him I don't mean final but we are, I think we're within our rights to to, to judge how, how he's playing it just seems like again he might get better but he seems like he's the wrong guy he's, he's in the wrong team at the wrong time I, I know that he would be playing less um, in ideal circumstances but again like he's been brought to Celtic as a part of the first team squad expected to contribute other guys are coming in and doing something when when they come in, mm. but it, it just seems like he's a guy in the wrong movie. But they, I, I mean, Celtic are, are trying to remake Goodfellas, but they've cast James Corden <laughs> instead, of, instead of the James uh, Joe Pesci. Rather, so. Oh my god, that's all <laughs> sounds terrible. <laughs> well, whose fault do you think it is that Mikey Johnson's not playing then? Because Stephen's right, he came on, he changed the game. I thought he was positive. I thought he was direct. Uh, Brendan Rodgers had a bit of a say on it at the end of the game saying look Mikey Johnson needs to work on his tactical side and he needs to work on his defensive side but we know what he's got there and we've kind of written Mikey Johnson off but I think the reason we've written Mikey Johnson off is because the length of time he's been at the club he's been at Celtic a long long time now no manager since maybe 2019 2020 type time no, no manager's really fancied him he was in the team then then he'd not been in the team ever since so you kind of look at Mikey Johnson as a Celtic figure of time gone by as if his Celtic career's kind of passed him by but he's at the club he's got a contract uh, he was sent on loan he came back and was asked about Mikey Johnson um, and he said something along the lines of we all know what Mikey's capable of it's up to him now so that's two managers that have been kind of slightly publicly critical about him and 
I'm beginning to think or wonder, Melly, is it Mikey Johnson's fault that he's not playing in these games ahead of Yang? It's not just a case of the manager fancies Yang and thinks he's brilliant. Maybe Mikey Johnson's not doing the things that he's supposed to be doing. Yeah, and MD right now that's not playing in this Celtic first 11, it's got to be their own fault. It's mm. got to be their own fault because you've got left-back probably up for grabs, you've got a centre-half position up for grabs, you've got a midfield position up for grabs, and you've got a wide position up for grabs. Nobody's taking that. Nobody's taking that. And it's fallen into players that we wouldn't have dreamt of playing last season. Scales, Mikey Johnson, James Forrest, all these guys are coming in now. And look, nobody's to blame but themselves. Brendan, again, came out in his press conference for the Hibs game and talked about Lagerbielka, Nevrotsky. He spoke about Mikey Johnson, look, saying he did, he was good, he was direct, he was going at them, but tactically he's not, he's not doing everything. Mm. So... If there's a position there and the manager's asking you to do something and you're not doing it, there's nobody else to blame. This is not a very good Celtic team. It's far from it right now. I think if we didn't have Brendan Rodgers as a manager, we would have severely struggled this season, even though he has had his faults as well. But I'm looking about this team and looking at guys like Mikey Johnston, even like Tilio today, he's not in the squad. He only got in the squad through injuries. What does that say for the guys ability maybe or his work ethic he spoke about Navrotsky and Lagerbielka as well so if you're not in this Celtic squad which is not a very good Celtic squad with so many places up for grabs I can't blame anybody else but yourself because everything's there for you to do it Celtic have got injuries in key positions they've got positions up for grabs and nobody's taking it and Celtic are suffering for I, it. I think part of me is wondering if Brendan Rodgers is actually feeling that he's been a bit too passive as the season's went on and he's sort of let the, he's let them play, let them play and he's watched performances dip and he thought, you know what, they'll click into gear eventually and they'll click into gear eventually and I think maybe there's an element of that first half performance against St Johnson being the final straw. He's like, nah, fuck this. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not having this. I'm going to absolutely slaughter them. I'm going to slaughter them in person and I'm going to slaughter them in public because enough's enough and I think the stuff about the transfers might be a bit true as well. You know, he's up until I think about three weeks ago, Brendan was defending the transfer windows and he wasn't really mentioning it. Now every time he's in front of a microphone, he's talking about, oh, well, I wanted four players in the summer and I still feel like I need four players. Really, if there was to be a bit constructive about it, if there was things watching that first half performance against St. Johnson, take that as your benchmark for the time being. If there was things about this Celtic team you'd change, three things, what what would they be? Oh, much like the summer, it's the same positions we highlighted. Mm. Left back, first off, we need a left back in there. Probably a goalkeeper as well, but like, things have changed since the since the summer as well because we're, we're a bit depleted. But I'm going to end up needing centre-halves at this rate as well, right. even though we've got about seven in the squad. <laughs> no, None of them no, can make please. it in. Well, I, Phillips is away in January. Brendan so, likes him. Yeah. Said today in the press conference he's been he impressive does. since he came in. But he's away. So we'll get, <laughs> yeah. so we'll get Carter Vickers and Scales, a guy who wouldn't have been anywhere near the squad in seasons gone by and that's all we've I'm got. I'm telling now. you right now, we're extending that loan. There's no way Brendan Rodgers is coming out. I hope so. <laughs> there's no way Brendan Rodgers is coming out one, two, three, three weeks or so before the January yeah. window opens going, I'm really impressed with this. One of the only players he's, he's been impressed <laughs> with that's arrived in the summer. He's played about 100 minutes. I'm <laughs> really impressed with Phillips. He's brought some, he's been great attitude, very professional, blah, blah, blah. Oh, three weeks later, he's, ah, oh, we had to send him back. We had to let him go in the end, he was rubbish. <laughs> we, we can't have that. Anyway, Melly. He's barely played either, has he? But definitely left back, I think. Goalkeeper might need a dress, but we need a wide player, man. We need a wide player that can take players on and we needed that. Got about seven of those as well. We needed that in the summer. We get three of them and none of them none of them play. I think Palmer's the only signing. Genuinely, if we only sign Palmer in the summer, we'd be no worse off than we mm, are right no. now. But So we need a left back. We need a winger, definitely. And we need... 
probably a midfielder with a bit of guile, somebody that can make a pass and a keeper, but it changes every game for me now, but definitely left back, I thought Taylor was unacceptable, we need a winger as well, somebody that can take somebody on. As well as the changes that Melly suggested, Stephen, I would like to see Celtic take less touches on the ball, Mm -hmm. I'd like to see far more running off the ball, I think we're far too static at times where we just sort of take the ball, hold on to it for too long, pass it out left, that person holds on for it too long, comes back in. It's it's not so much what we're doing that's that's annoying me so much at the moment. It war not rather annoying me, I think. It's not so much what we're doing that's that I've got a problem with. I think what we're doing is right. The approach to the games are right, but we're just not quick enough in what we're doing. And I think that speed really needs to pick up. And I know to do that you need quality and I know quality brings confidence and I know quality challenges and pushes the other players along. Competition but is the best coach sometimes, as Brendan said. Yeah. So it's kind of all plugs into one thing or the other, but I want to see his move the ball a lot quicker. I want to see more running off the ball. I just want to see Celtic be a bit more dynamic, less static. And I really, really, really want to see his be more aggressive, particularly at set pieces. Oh, I know. Well, yeah, Melly has listed some players and personnel and positions he'd like to see mm. change. You've just seen, you've just said like a, an overall change in attitude. Yeah, tactical yeah. tweaks. And that is something that came up time and again since Brendan Rodgers has analysed that game. He spoke of mentality mm. and that's something that needs to change clearly. Soft. Yeah, yeah correct. So Brendan Rodgers, thankfully, on a rare occasion recording this podcast we don't actually have to speculate on what the problems might be because Brendan Rodgers came out and told us he was using words like soft using terms like wanted it easy and yeah, stuff like passive. that yeah passive remarkable stuff for a manager to come out and call his team soft say you guys wanted it easy say they were far too passive say I'm a, it's really I, Brendan's usually quite reserved yeah. yeah and look this this could be a one off but I don't think I don't think it's hysterical. I don't think it's excessive to say that this has been coming. As I said earlier, the the, the performances have been trending in this mm. direction and it just came to a head in the first half of St. Johnson. Now, thankfully, they fixed it. So what we need is a, a complete rewriting, a complete culture change at mm. the club to ensure that that doesn't happen again because that's not something we're used to. I don't personally know where it's come from because that didn't exist last season. As I say, we dropped points, but it wasn't because... It wasn't because there was an overall lethargy. There wasn't mm. like a, a malaise around the club. It just dropped points out of nowhere and then lost a couple of games after the league was already uh, already uh, won. Uh, see, I wonder if it is endemic within the squad. I don't think it is. I'll sort of disagree with you there a wee bit because I think Brendan even said the players have been good all season, but that just crept in. And yeah. I think I think it always comes back to, as Melly says and as Brendan says, the quality in the squad is, I think if you're guaranteed to play every week, that's not really going to mo- like you're no determined you're no needing to do your best yeah. and if we look at centre half position Liam Scales has put in some of the performances of his career yeah. probably because he knows fine well he's got guys breathing through his neck to get in front of him we've got Narovsky that we paid 5 million for we've got Stephen Welsh who'll be choked to get in the Celtic team we've got Phillips so so Scales at the back knows he they mentioned Lagerbielk well <laughs> I, I think it would have been a stretch to mention Lagerbielk but you're right but I didn't forget about him but I think so that's why we're seeing such good performances out of Scales but about the pitch, there's no real competition. And the Yang thing is interesting. Melly says he wants a winger that can beat someone. We've got one in Mikey Johnson. But what does he have to do to get into the Celtic team? Well, again, that has been made clear to him. The right. fact that he isn't tactically aware enough, isn't tactically disciplined enough, and the fact that he doesn't get involved in the press, which is an essential part of being a winger. We can't, this isn't, it's no 1995. We can't have wingers who just take players on and then they just shut off. They just mm. switch off and then other players take over. Our, our wingers 
are effectively the first line of defence. I know that's that's kind of a cliche and very obvious to say, but even more so in modern football, that's Dyson Maida's primary function really yeah. in the team, isn't it? It's not because he's bursting with like impeccable world-class quality in front of goal or he's crossing or anything like that. It's because that's what he brings. Mikey Johnson is potentially the opposite. I wouldn't use words like world-class and all that, but in terms of their player profile, they are complete opposites, even though they are ostensibly the same thing and they're both wingers. So he needs to somehow find that. I don't I don't like to use terms like add that to his game because that's very easy said. Another cliche. Yeah. So many. Yeah, so <laughs> players talk about that all the time or even we talk about stuff like that. If you can only add X, add passing to his game, add 20 goals a season to his game as if you can just basically turn that on. So I don't know where Mikey Johnson is going to get this from at 24 years old because he's not a young player anymore. He's a relatively experienced player. Maybe not in terms of Minutes played, miles on the on the clock. I don't minutes think. in the legs. Yes, minutes, <laughs> minutes in the legs. That's another one. Uh, so, but he's been around a top club for a very, very long time, and for that to still be a criticism of his game is uh, suboptimal. To mm. be honest, it's, it's not particularly. It doesn't bode well for his career. No, he, he was good at the weekend in in the second half and changed the game, but. It's very easy to, after a game like that, look at the first half and how terrible it was, look at the second half and how good that was and say that that's the answer to the first half. So just all we need to do is put in guys like James Forrest and Mikey Johnston and things will be okay. But they've been there the whole time and this yeah. season has been the way it has been. To be fair to Mikey, I thought he was man of the match. I think Callum McGregor got it. It was a bit of a curious one. To me, I thought Mikey Johnston changed the game yeah. when he came on and I want to see more of that for Mikey Johnston. That, that, in many ways, as a fan, that's the infuriating bit because you see him come on, you see him the tricks you see what he can offer the team you can see he can turn a game and you think to yourself why are you sitting on the bench yeah and that, that's the thing where Mikey Johnson along with all the other signings we've made this summer isn't mm. it they were all playing football before they came to Celtic and now they come to Celtic and it's ah oh, they're playing too early no they're not they're yeah. first team players mm. they should be playing and Mikey Johnson has absolutely no excuses here because he knows what it takes to play at Celtic he's went away got himself game time and he's back probably didn't expect to play but this is the chance this is the mm. chance you didn't think you were going to get so take it and look yesterday I thought he was great when he came on I think he's been like that in most of the games he's came on but it just doesn't work out for him you can tell especially games at Celtic Park as soon as it doesn't go right for him the crowd you hear the groan because why is Mikey Johnston playing at Celtic not his fault at this point mm. but he's just got to do that and I think maybe he needs a goal but it's got to the point where him where that looks so far away. It just needs to do something good for the fans and the flick for the first goal, the second goal, mm. maybe that's what does it for him and people see, look, he's putting in the effort. I don't think it's, for a guy that's not played football for Celtic in so long, he doesn't lack confidence. As soon as he gets the ball, he yeah. goes at players. It doesn't always work out for him, but I want to see that. And if he loses it, he'll go again. He just maybe needs something to work out for him. And hopefully this sort of assisting he sort of got will be that wee confidence booster for him because now most people are saying I want me play on yeah. Wednesday night I hopefully he can do that and hopefully he can put in a performance then and maybe kick on but he's not going to kick on is he we've seen this movie so many times but unfortunately this is where we are at Celtic so Mikey Johnson along with the other guys no excuses take your chance right now or this is it because we will bring in other players Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. 
Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Celtic don't need to take, Celtic don't need these players to take their chances because, as I said, the, the fixtures are coming thick and fast and we've got a massive game against Rangers at the end of the month. But uh, was there anything else you want to discuss the, that, that first half or can we leave that in the annals of history, Stephen, well, and maybe uh, the, talk about the, the goals? Goal, man. The goal, yeah. So Johnson's goal. Uh, yeah, uh, okay, there's fine. that. But I, I was thinking there about, about Mikey Johnson and guys like Greg Taylor and all that. Have they just been here too long? Are they part of the... the are they a symptom of a wider problem in yes. that there's a wee bit too much familiarity Celtic's with these addiction guys? to continuity. Yeah, I think yeah. You've, you've spoken about this recently and I was... I think Greg Taylor's been really good for Celtic. I don't want to I don't want to dismiss all that. He was excellent in winning a treble last season, but it just feels like it's it's gotten to a point where it, the position is now stale. I think it's he has no competition whatsoever. That's not his fault, but I think I think you're right in identifying that there is a a level of complacency that was displayed in that first half against St Johnston and that there's too many guys there that have no competition for their places and have maybe just got to that point where it's thanks very much. Thanks for the memories, but maybe time to move on and develop and evolve past the, having the same players in the same positions for year after year after year. That doesn't really work in modern people football. Get very, people get very sensitive about this sort of thing. That, but just because f- a footballer has been really a really good servant for you and a really good player at one time. I think everyone kind of accepts, everyone broadly accepts that comes to an end at a point. Or yeah. sometimes managers want to play a different way, something changes and that's the end of it and a player moves on. But it's when you start to discuss that possibility is when people get touchy about yeah. it. So you could, we'll sit in this podcast and we'll say, you know, Brendan could probably use another option at left back. Maybe someone a bit more dynamic, a bit more forward thinking, a bit more aggressive going forward than Greg Taylor is. Greg Taylor was brilliant under Ange, coming inside, he was revitalised. And people think, well, no, Greg Taylor was brilliant. Why would you want rid of him? Well, the manager's asking him to play in a different way. And I think maybe we have touched on something. The spectrum of talent at Celtic is so... That spectrum is so big that 
the the first pick from Greg Taylor to the competition, the competition doesn't even get in the side half the time. No. And if we look across the pitch, that's the story of Celtic at the moment, really, isn't it? We've t- I think we might have discovered something here where the everybody that's playing for Celtic right now, there's no competition to push them on apart for Liam Scales, who's playing out of his skin right now. I can't really think of anyone else who's under serious competition for their place. So hopefully when players come back for fitness and things start to change and the January window comes in, that'll give Celtic an opportunity to change things. And I think another position where there seems to be no competition and people are starting to tear their hair out is a, the goalkeeper. And I think Joe Hart came under a lot of pressure for the way that he reacted to the goal. Personally, I think Matt O'Reilly was more to blame. Melly should have been more aggressive, more decisive in trying to clear it. I've noticed recently that teams have got this tactic where they crowd around Joe Hart so he can't come for anything, then we, what we do is we put Greg Taylor in between the opposition and Joe Hart, as if Greg Taylor, all five foot four of them, is supposed to sort of protect Joe Hart against like three or four opposition players. So it makes it very difficult for Joe Hart to come out and claim anything. In that goal, we were talking about it pre-recording, Joe Hart managed to make a bit of space for himself, but when he jumps to get the ball, he's pushed. And there's nothing you can do when both feet are off the ground. I don't think it's a foul. I think that kind of implied that he'd been fouled. What I, what I saw watching it back was that there's a crowd of players and they all move at the one go. And it's actually Greg Taylor that backs into mm. Joe Hart. Joe Hart jumps, Greg Taylor backs into him a wee bit. It gets completely off balance. You can't you can't hold your weight if you're off the ground and someone yeah. but, kind of nudges it, into you while you're, while you're in midair. Because... The, the common thing that people say about keepers is it should just clear them out but there's no there's no, there's, there's no runway there's Aye. no momentum you can't from a standing start just clear four players out from, from in front of you I'm not excusing Joe Hart entirely because I think he has looked weak for a few of these goals mm. recently but at, at that point I don't think you, I don't think it's possible to just decide to clear out four players no, the in front they, put, they put all the players around Joe Hart then dump the cross right yeah. on top of him and it causes chaos now worth mentioning because we complain about referees and far and all that and we're not going down this road this week but the attacker did have a full grab of Matt O'Reilly's really, shirt yeah. in, in the game which obviously hindered him in trying to get his clearance off Melly. yeah looking at the goal I understand where you're coming from but when you watch it, okay, right, that goal. Maybe Joe Hart could have done better. Celtic could have done better on all. But when you think back to the Lazio game and the Motherwell game last week, every corner Celtic conceded, every one of them was an in-swinger into Joe Hart's yeah. area. Mm. So that tells you people see him and Celtic as a weakness there. So Brendan Rodgers said it was soft. Look, if that had got disallowed for... Bullied, us, he used the word bullied, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. If that had been disallowed for Celtic, you'd be fuming, we'd be talking about Super Vario World here, but <laughs> look, you could you could feel it coming, you could sense it coming yeah. at the game because Celtic were so poor, they seem to be easily broke on and then when the corner gets whipped in, it's no surprise, Celtic have to be better at this, they can't be that soft, they can't do everything like the Motherwell game last week. Motherwell didn't look like scoring, got a corner and scored from it. Again, in this game, St. Johnson, a few decent breaks, got a corner, scored from it. Better teams are going to punish Celtic mm. if it comes to that. Rangers are decent at deliveries and set pieces. So Lazio were firing balls right in on Joe Hart there as well. Celtic have to sort it themselves. We can't be sitting here looking at goalkeepers and that. Celtic are a small team. Do better at your job, man. Eat, sleep, concede, set piece. Yeah, there it? we go. Yeah. <laughs> Another cliche. Yeah. <laughs> right, listen, that's the negative stuff that came out of the way the because stuff. at the end of the day, second half, I thought Celtic were brilliant. Lots of penetrating balls from Callum McGregor, late runs from Matt O'Reilly, three terrific strikes. What was your favourite goal, Stephen? Oh, O'Reilly. Oh, definitely. O'Reilly. Uh, no contest. 
I, 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 see, that's 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 the that, that's what your average average Aye. Joe on the street pictures, right? I basic <laughs> the thinking man, is, 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 the thinking man, me an intellectual. Somebody would probably bit, say a, somebody a bit up here. <laughs> uh, he's picking Callum McGregor's goal. Really, James Forrest doesn't hide ever. Does he gets us gets us out of jail? No, I thought uh, Matt O'Reilly's was yeah. great because everything about it was quick. The way we moved the ball, mm. uh, the the flick from Mikey Johnson, even the layoff from Kyogo, it's just bang touch and then and O'Reilly one touch and then smash. It was a great goal and it was what Celtic deserved. The the first goal you could sort of feel coming and then when Celtic scored, you thought right, we're going to move on here. Great strike with his right foot. He mentioned about doing Pilates in his press conference today. How it's helping him. Take on his game. Pilates instructors in Glasgow, like that Scarface meme just now. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Money flying through the machine <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, Matt O'Reilly, uh, guys like him, don't... I don't even actually know what Pilates is. Honestly. What is uh, it? Is it like yoga? Uh, kind of, but it's more kind of like core work and stuff is like it? that. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah I've, it's one of these things, oh, Pilates class, and I've just been nodding away. Oh, oh that's a good idea. Matt, no idea what it is. Could be hocus pocus for all I know. <laughs> Yeah, we'll all be dead interested in it now. As I say, we'll be all, all online. Um, uh, is that, do you end up looking like that? Is that, is that what it gets you? <laughs> Take more plies to make me look like that, right? Really? Aye, it was like a smashing goal from O'Reilly and it's what Celtic deserved for that second half, but that was it. Everything was quicker. There was less touches, like you're saying. You don't need four or five touches for no. everything. Cal David Mc Turnbull. Yeah, Yang and Turnbull going off. I thought Yang could have been so he could have been Cantwell very early on, but Turnbull barely got <laughs> Cantwell'd. Five minutes. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah. Anyone that's hooked before half time is half officially being yeah. called Cantwell. Okay. So I think uh, Turnbull could have been the same, but he got a couple of minutes and looking down the touchline, I can't remember what he'd done early in the second half at Brown's that right time. All came on and Celtic could then go a wee bit more, not direct, but he's a bit of a physical presence up there because Kyogo just wasn't getting in the game. And again, I'm not blaming that on Kyogo, I'm blaming that on Celtic. He had a couple of de two decent chances. Aye. I would have thought he was unlucky not to score at least one of them. But O gives us that different dimension. Kyogo drops deep and the wee touch for uh, O'Reilly's goal, we can see what uh, Kyogo can do back there. So I think getting that drive on in the second half with Johnston and O really made Celtic better. And it, I think Mikey Johnston coming on also meant Alistair Johnston had a good game. That's mm. the best half of him yeah. we've seen in a long time. And I think it helped having somebody in front of him who was willing to go inside or out, which meant Johnston could himself go inside or out because there was a point he gets the ball sort of around the edge of the box and Yang's on his outside and he just chose I'm not passing to him <laughs> yes. the ball in yeah. Johnston was great after that always making decent runs he wasn't fearful of getting forward in case Yang lost the ball so those two direct uh, substitutions made Celtic just go at teams and then it just looked much better it's encouraging to know that's in the locker isn't it Oh yeah, I mean, it's, the second half was excellent. I know we've we've focused a lot on the first half, but that's because Brendan Rodgers came out and absolutely torched it. Now that that's kind of the big news of the week about how angry Brendan Rodgers got. But that said, the the response was was impressive, and Brendan Rodgers again said that as well. He said the problem is if you give them that at halftime, give them the rocket, the, another cliche, a rocket up the ass at halftime. <laughs> yeah, the hairdryer treatment. If you give them that at halftime and they don't respond, that's when the serious problems start creeping in. So uh, the second half was was great. Iwata's another one who made yeah. a difference when he came on, set up a goal. I like him. Yeah, I, I, I like Iwata as well. If, if only there was a way of getting him into the team more often, but I don't know what... I just, I feel bad. If, if you're a footballer and you play sort of central midfield in a defensive style and your agent says they've got Celtic on the phone honestly don't answer it because yeah. <laughs> we've signed so many of these guys and <laughs> no, no. there's a Deguchi's nominated for Japanese player of the year over, over in Japan after being sent on loan just these this string of in the last couple of years even 
not even the last couple of years, the last four or five years, we just seem to sign so many defensive midfielders and we just don't play any of them. Aye, and then meanwhile, Callum McGregor's 30-year-old knees and hips are like, oh, us again, eh? <laughs> we'll get it, don't, don't worry. Game number 63 of the season, okay, we'll get it. Signed all these midfielders that kind of get near the team, we'll, we'll take care of it, don't worry. But I like, I like, I like the look of Iwata yeah, as well. Yeah, I, I think he's been reasonably impressive since he's been here. And we, When he came in and scored that goal against Hearts, Hearts was eh? that Hearts then... Uh, we thought, right, well, he's clearly got something to give here. Nothing really ever since. But the fact is, of that second half, everyone who came off the bench to an extent contributed to the the game being won, which is a very good win considering where we came from in that dire first half, including James Forrest. I think he, he took his goal very, very well as well. Cal McGregor, what, that's so typically... Callum McGregor finished that mm. takes on a no back lift just cracking straight through the straight through the middle of the, the ball told you the connoisseur's choice yeah yeah <laughs> of course but yeah the, the second half was great and it was it was uh, nice to see after such a again I wouldn't use the word boring about first, the first half because I wasn't bored no. at all <laughs> I, I was I furious furious about the first half and actually quite worried at times so I wasn't bored I'll give them that it certainly wasn't a boring mm. performance but yeah the second half was worlds apart there's been a lot of players that have played for Celtic this season and you think, that was your chance, take it. But Iwata's the one who's looked good in games, but he's not been given a no. chance. And look, there's been a lot of calls recently for move McGregor one forward and while I wasn't quite on board with it, I think I would be now. I think a midfield of Iwata with McGregor and O'Reilly could be good because Cal McGregor was poor in that first half. He's dropping far too deep and taking the balls off defenders. It's why I kind of want somebody else to play instead of Liam Scales because mm. he's just too slow and his passing's just not crisp enough. Cal McGregor's dropping very deep, which means everything slows down. But I think if you had a water in there, it gives Celtic that bit of power we might need and then moves Cal McGregor forward because I love seeing him score goals like that. Mm. I absolutely love it. I think he could do it and I think Iwata, McGregor and Riley might have a decent balance. Where it happens or not, I don't know, but I just feel Iwata's that one guy who's not had a chance where Holm, Bernardo, Turnbull all had multiple chances and they've not taken it and I think Cal McGregor may be moving forward a bit. I think he could do a bit of damage in the, the final third as well. Look, you want this this sort of rocket. You, want, you don't just want it to be a one-game thing. You want this to carry on. You want this to be carefully planned, carefully managed by Brendan, knowing that we've got a lot of difficult games coming up. So I think the most important thing is, looking forward to the Hibs game, you want to see this continue. Oh, from and, the start? Yeah, from the start. And you want to see the changes from the manager as well. For example, it's not a witch hunt, but I don't want to see Yang start. I, no. I want to see maybe Mikey Johnson or... God forbid, James Forrest. But I just don't want to see Yang start. Someone else has to play on that side. It's got to be Mikey Johnston, isn't it? Yeah, it has to be. I think it I think has so. to be. Yeah. The, only, the only reason I was sort of questioning it there was because Mikey Johnston typically plays on the left. So yeah. th there might be a bit of a, a, a chop and a change there. But you just want to see the changes both in performance and some changes in personnel. And you want to see propelling at these fixtures because we're a couple of weeks out for the Rangers game now. But if things are going the way they're going and we're sort of itchy peachy we've, we've built up this little lead and we're dropping points then they drop points we win they win tick 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 to the Rangers game that game comes into sharp focus and beating them and extending that lead even further in, into the new year is, is, is massive is going to be massive for us so we cannot afford any slip ups in terms of performance or, or result yeah well the message has been delivered now hasn't it yeah. I think if there was any if there was any just lingering complacency or laziness or softness or anything creeping into this team and I think we all agree that has been and Brendan Rodgers has identified it and brought it to the public knowledge mm. I'm not happy with the, the standard of that performance and used words like bullied and soft and all that the message has been delivered loud and clear 
to multiple to multiple sources all at the same time, opening every single one of them with "I've never been so angry." <laughs> yes. right? So so loud and clear, he has delivered that message not only to the to the players but to us. So we are now aware of it. We are going to be watching these games, thinking, "Right, well, that better not happen again," and I don't expect it to because. Well, it's a risky of, play from Brendan, though, isn't it? In it that is, yeah. respect, as you said, if if because uh, you know, th- not to repeat it, but people might wonder why we're focusing so much on it. It's because he said it to Sky, he said it to Celtic TV, he said it to the written press, and he said it to the press crowd on the on the radio after the game and the BBC. So he, he said it to everybody that was willing to listen about how angry he was. But it is a risky game because if Celtic revert to type in in the next game in the Hibs game, I'm not saying they will. Then Brendan Rodgers needs to go to the board and go. Half of these need to go in January. I immediately, don't pass go, don't collect £200. I want them out. Get them out, Sharon. It's me or them. <laughs> yeah. And bring me in some decent players. Aye, but there's only one winner there, isn't it? Because it's Brendan Rodgers. Because it's from the start of this season where Brendan Rodgers came back, you think a lot of people were a bit sceptical of him coming back. But then you say, right, okay, he's back. We can sort of deal with that. You expected the big things to happen. Mm. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. And again, the focus went from Brendan Rodgers to the board. They haven't delivered. His signings have barely, well, the signings, I'm not going to put them, his, have barely played. Every time he's in front of a mic now, he's talking about quality. I know we're going to come on to the Lazio game, but it just showed Celtic up for what they are right now. An absolutely pathetic club right now. Oh. It was so poor. And the managers come out and said that. And now he's called out the players. So if we get to January and Celtic don't make three, four signings that come into the first team, he'd, he'd be well within his rights to go at the end of the season. Look, this isn't working. Look, I, I know what you're saying, and but... I just, I would be amazed. I mean, Brendan Rodgers, I think the most damning thing, I'm keen to go into the Champions League stuff and some of this will, will meld in, but I think the most damning thing Brendan Rodgers said all week, not that angry, not about the performance, not about players being soft, but when he said, I wanted four, when I, before I arrived at the club, I thought we needed four players before yeah. we lost any. I still think we need four players and that's just, that's basically the manager writing off almost every signing that, yeah. that came in in the yeah. summer, more or less. Yeah. And, and that doesn't include the likes of losing Jota. That, that's a massive ask of the board and I think, I get it, but I just don't see it happening in January. I don't see four true bits of quality coming in January. If we get one, if we get a right winger or a left back, I'll be I'll be happy in January. That's unacceptable. It can't mm. happen for two windows. We cannot bring in nine players and one of them to be a first team player and then get in at January. The manager tells you exactly what he needs and you can't find a player better than Greg Taylor despite having a year to do it. You can't find a player better than Yang despite having six months to do it. What is going on there if Celtic cannot find better players? Well, the only thing I would say to sort of fight Celtic's corner a wee bit on here is I think without using manager speak, January is, I mean, we are going to do a podcast. We're going to look back at January transfer windows, but typically January is a difficult time to do business because a lot of top players, Stephen, want to wait until summer and see what their options are. Yeah, and a lot of clubs will not. If if we're out there wanting proven genuine quality the the word quality mm. keeps getting used here if you want that in January who wants to lose that in January okay. depending on if they're going for titles if they're fighting for fighting against relegation in the second half of the season nobody wants to lose their best players and that's the, exactly the players that Celtic want so we want quality <laughs> nobody wants to lose it I kind of well, I agree with you and I, I understand where you're coming from but I just feel this is the the crap we were fed no, over yeah. the years mm. about oh we can't buy players till we get in the Champions League January's difficult for us Ange blew all of that out of the water he came in didn't get the players he wanted called out the board before the 1st of January we'd signed three players in his first season if you're talking about we don't need 
proven quality. We need good players. Matt mm. O'Reilly wasn't proven quality, came in and he's been a Celtic first team player since. Good players are out there if you do the correct scouting, have the due diligence, killing my own point here. <laughs> and if the manager tells you exactly what he needs, Matt Ange Postacoglu came in and said, I need guys to fit into this system. Celtic went out and done it. And it worked out well. Uh, look, I agree Brendan with you. will do the same. I, I agree with you and I agree with everything you've said, but just past experience tells me that I would be amazed if it happened. I agree, I do agree, but I would be what amazed. What are we basing it on? What are we basing uh, on this faith that everything can fix in this in January on this? I just I feel like I've been a Celtic sport so many times going January window, uh, two or three bits of quality. That's all we wasted need. four months in the summer. Yeah. Doing yeah. absolutely nothing. Get rid of the Jota brought in Palmer. The rest you can completely yeah. forget. The rest is nothing. Here's here's a final thing on uh, or for me on why this is a this I agree is a risky manoeuvre from Rodgers because we we all enjoyed it we thought it was a refreshing take on what's happening with Celtic and Rodgers coming out and basically flaming the, the attitude of the players there will be a lot of people out there and watching this and listening to this thinking aye okay but what's your part in this Brendan what's what's mm. your shit uh, because this is a treble winning team and aye okay we lost Jota we lost Adam Moy, we lost Starfield it can't all be them why is the quality dipped off so much since you came to the club Personally speaking, Brendan Rodgers has enough cachet, enough political capital with me as a fan to give him the benefit of the doubt and think, right, well, okay, you've identified the problem. You've told us exactly what the problem is. So I, I then trust him to go and fix it. That said, there's it, he can't be blameless in this because well, no, we've got good players there. We've got very good players who romped to a treble last season. Yes, I used that word romped. Mm. <laughs> to, thanks to the sun. Um, <laughs> um, Strolled to a treble last season and now all of them to a man are playing in a less, you know, they're not as good as they were well, last well, season. Effectively. Well, I agree with you there. That's fine. Like we lost Jota, Moy, Starfelt, three guys that would play or one would come on every week. Yeah. But then you take out Abada, then you yes. take out Hatati, then you take H out Maeda. Hatati's been rubbish this season though. That's I know, nice. but he still yeah. he still would be playing in this team even yeah. though the players under him aren't playing well enough. That also supports my point though because when Hatati has been in the team, he's been less than yeah. than he was last season. So, But then you take him out and the team is less again. Yeah, but I suppose the ultimate, I'm just trying to represent an alternative point of view that will be out there about no. how, well, man, you're the manager. Well, you can put a button this. on it by saying this. Uh, when Brendan Rodgers came to the club, the thing he was most impressed about was the transfers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember that? I'm yeah, so impressed right. about the transfers we put in place. The scouting's there. Mark Law's doing a brilliant job. Lots of changes have been arrived. Fast flat was in August, September, October, November, December. That's right, isn't it, Stephen? Yep, yeah. Yep. Fast forward, <laughs> fast forward four months, and he's like, "Ah, transfers are crap." <laughs> so there is one eye on there is one eye on Brendan yeah. because before he was crowing about how good the transfer system was, how much of a great job Mark Law's done, how impressed he was with everything. And then he's like, forget everything I said about transfers. <laughs> I need four guys in then, and I need four guys in now. Listen. I think if we had a lesser manager than Brendan, we'd have the wins we've got so far this season. But no, I don't think so mm. for a minute. I don't think Brendan's doing a bad job, but I'm just saying, I have noticed that, you know, he's sort of changed his tune a wee bit on that. Look, um, the Champions League for Celtic, oh. that, that it, it seems so far away now that the, we're discussing the, the, the Champions League. It seems so far away and it's like most people have forgotten and moved on about it and most people can't be asked with the final yeah. game. Forgotten uh, or trying to black it out. Or, try, or trying to black it out. And that is, I think that Lazio game was probably the most angry I was after a, a Champions League game for Celtic. Primarily because Lazio were crap. But I'll tell you why I was so angry about it. Because they got me again. Celtic got me. Yeah, they they yeah. got me again. We won the league last year and we're all at Celtic Park and we're all cheering and they play the Champions League music 
and the crowd go nuts. So they're geeing you up for the Champions League months in advance as if this is the as if this is the thing. Look what we've won. We've won the league and that gets us into the Champions League. Then they go into summer and they sign all these players and we sign no no speaking of individuals here, but take for example for example for example for example <laughs> take Quan, right? You sign Quan. Five year deal. Five year deal. <laughs> Hashtag welcome Quan. We do the photo shoot. We do the interview with Quan. We do the interview with the manager. <laughs> they, did, they did a competition for a signed we shirt. We do the competition did you get that email? for email. Uh, they do a competition for a signed shirt. They do the hashtags. They do the graphics. You think we're onto something here. This guy's been treated like a, a major signing, and it was the same with all the signings. Then they sell the three match package. Then it's all the part about this is where Celtic belong. This is where we want to be. This is good to be back at this stage. Bollocks. Bollocks. <laughs> the, the, right. the lot of it was bollocks. Yeah. Meanwhile, in Celtic Park, they're thinking, fuck, I sold, sold that to the mugs again. They believe it. <laughs> yeah. The Celtic board, are, for me, from this this time, I genuinely feel that they don't care about the Champions League. You know, sometimes you walk by a, a chippy and it'll be like that. Chip shop of the year, 2016. And you don't know anything about that. It's just a badge to put on the front of the chip shop to sling out more fish. That's kind of what the Champions League is to Celtic. Champions League club, these years in a row. Aye, but what did you do? There actually is one in Clyde Bank. I won't name it, but it's a boat. <laughs> <laughs> that that until recently had that on the side of it. It was chip shop of the year. And then like, that big massive letters, then you look closer, it's runner up. Then even smaller, it's 2003. Right? <laughs> Not only can we hardly win a game in the Champions League, but all the stuff that comes before it, the preparation the board need, and I hate, see this phrase, the board, the board, the board. I'm honestly, I wish I knew more about the inner work. I wish there was like, Celtic produced a structure that had like Dermot Desmond up here and then Michael Nicholson here and then off to him there's we shoot and then this is response because the board bad is becoming like that scene out a family guy where Lois Griffin just stands in front of the thing and goes 9-11 and everyone 9-11 <laughs> right. was bad right yeah but so I've got nothing better to say but the board don't put in the requisite work they don't give the manager the tools to compete in this and this thing so if you're not taking it seriously don't trick us into taking it seriously and that was my problem we we took it seriously we believed Celtic when they did all that when they signed all these crap players that are never going to make an impact in the Champions League we believed them we bought the package we bought the strips we believed that Celtic were going to try and do something and then one tournament gone and you think fucking they've fooled us again <laughs> they've pulled they've pulled that same trick two How did years this in a row again? I know. And, and all the stuff that Andrew's talking about I don't think Ange was lying, right? But when you look at Ange saying, we're gearing towards the Champions League, we need to build on this. The idea is we sell players at a higher level, which allows us to fund purchases at a higher level, which allows us to better be cope for the Champions League because the talent's there. And that just never happened either. They just That was last year's AGM. Ange said that we need to sell high so we can buy high, so we can increase the talent, so we can make a goal, a fist of the Champions League. That just that was just binned. They no, just, we, well, we kind of sold the players, but we just didn't no, brought so any we in. We just yeah. didn't bother buying them, and I just feel like totally taking the piss out of with Celtic as oh. far as the Champions League. I just feel totally taking the piss out of. And honestly, I'm verging on if you're not going to be a Champions League club, Celtic, right? If you if and that is to say you're going to go into the Champions League, but you're not actually you're not actually trying to win the not win it. You're not actually trying to progress in it because that that there doesn't look like a team that was, and I know spoke for a long time. You might as well become something else. You might as well use all that money 
and give half of it to the Charity Foundation. I'm not being twee, but we're no using the money for anything else. So we might as well go and do some fucking good with it because we are, <laughs> yeah. we are, we might as well make a name for ourselves in the world stage being more charitable, being more community focused, being more something else because we are not a club, not a business that's trying to win football matches in the Champions League. It's a piss take. For MD that wants to hear an astonishing rant on it, no, I used to see when somebody phones and somebody's shouting down the phone yeah. line and you just put the phone down and you go, aye, aye, aye. That was me recording with Stephen after the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just went off on one and I was just, yes, yes. Agreeing with everything he said, mm. he just went off. It was beautiful. This was our match reaction yeah. to the yeah. Lazio game immediately after. Yeah, it was a 45-minute astonishing night as, as both the tabloids and the melee have dubbed it <laughs> I enjoyed it I enjoyed it thought it was cathartic then as soon as we stopped recording I remembered what Celtic had done and I was just raging again yeah. I, I keep saying it but it's unacceptable so for Celtic to be operating in fact for Celtic not to be operating at this level it is just pure neglect Celtic mm. are a football club their aim is to win trophies and get into the Champions League but that that's where the aim stops. That is where the yeah. aim stops. And that, st- that buck stops with the board. They have no ambition at this club. They just want to win the league. And it's not good enough for us as fans. I grew up Celtic in Europe, Celtic in Europe, Celtic in Europe. They don't care about that. Or if they do, they're doing a really, really bad job. So which is it? You don't care about Europe or you're doing a really bad job. Either way, it's not good enough. It's, it's the cliches that get me. And this has been a podcast about cliches, I suppose. So this is a good <laughs> this is a good place to sort of bring it to. But it's all the marketing crap you get. Oh, these famous European nights under Celtic lights at Parkhead. It's not a thing. No, it's no. not. A, it's been not a thing for a decade. There's people there like I, I've got nephew. He loves going to Celtic. Goes every week. Doesn't he's not seen Celtic. He's not been alive I mean, on <laughs> one of these games. But he can rhyme off every Celtic player in the world, yeah. and he loves Joe Hart and all that. But he can, he's never been alive to see any no. of this. So it's it's all just marketing crap that is shoved out, and it's all a bauble that Celtic like to hang on. And I'm sure they get invited to nice dinners and they go all around the world and yada yada yada. But as a serious club trying to do anything at all of note in this tournament. For me, the evidence so far just points to they are just no interest that they want to beat Rangers, win the league by a point, collect that Champions League money and do fuck knows what way. Buy far too many players with it. Oh, well, far too many players. You can never have too many good players. Yes, you can. Yes, you can, <laughs> Celtic. We've, we've, well, you can never have too many players Full rather than stop. good players. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, I, Melly's right. I did have a, a bit of a a tirade about it after the game that's your game so I'm not going to go fully back into it um, don't have much more to add to what I said that night but on the board thing I think you're right to say that it's not really it's not worth anything to just say oh it's the board the board are yeah. crap right I, th- I think we I think it's our responsibility to explain why you think that and you've done a very good job of it Thank there you. <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> um, and what I said on that podcast was that I boiled it down to an admittedly possibly just childlike oversimplification of it what I want my board uh, mm. of the club I support to be is or to do rather is to get the best players that we can afford on the pitch so we can enjoy the football and be as good as we possibly can at the highest level possible not the highest level but the highest level possible for a club like Celtic are they doing that no. are they achieving that Categorically, no. So that's my issue with the board, among many other things. But I have boiled it down to the very, very mm. simple fact that if that is their primary or their main function as a board is to get the best football team that we can possibly afford on the pitch, they're not. They're, they're failing at that. Is Yang the best right? Again, I don't, I don't, 
like focusing too much mm. on him, but he's the example of the week because of that performance. Is Yang the best right winger that Celtic can afford in the world? No. I'll wait. I'll, I'll leave a couple of seconds there for the for the viewers to say, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> it must be. No, he's not. And and that goes for a number of positions. Greg Taylor is not the best left back that Celtic can afford. And I'm not saying spend 15 million on a left back, but is he the, is he the best that we can afford within the structure that we can't necessarily yeah. move from that will keep us as a, a solvent business and all that? Is Greg Taylor the best? No, he's not. So you can make a, a, a number of these examples, but it's basically just not true across the board. Um, so for that very, very admittedly simple, overly simplified reason, the board aren't doing their job. And the reason that it sticks them across so much this season is because there was no qualification. No. no everyone knew we were qualifying mm-hmm. for the Champions League from about, let's be generous, April onwards mm-hmm. or something like that. So Evans left in the very end, or very beginning of June, but there's no way that was a surprise. No. That would have been happening for weeks. So even at that, even if we give them to the absolute last minute, so the, the second Ange walks out the door and signs for Spurs, that's when your preparation kicks into gear. It's not, but that I'm giving mm-hmm. I'm giving them the, the the most rope here. What did the what happened between that day in June and the first group stage game in August? What happened in between those to prove that we are geared towards being a not only a Champions League club, but not a laughing stock in the yeah, Champions yeah. League. What, what did you do? Noise? What did you put in place in those weeks and months? Given that it's your only job, is your primary function to drive this club towards the Champions League because that's all you talk about, as you've mm. already described. What did you do? What were the what were the plans put in place? What was achieved and what was failed? Because it, to me, it seems like achieved nothing, failed everything. To be honest, it's like on you go, Melly. Well, I was going to say, do you think when Ange Postecoglou walked out and Brendan Rodgers came in, the recruitment team, while they play slightly different styles of football, would have went, see all these guys, bin them, and then we'll find new ones for Brendan Rodgers? No, this is probably what Ange would have get served up as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. and if you give Ange that, well, he had Celtic, he was gunning for this Champions League, he wanted an attempt at it. The board had no reason not to give him the funds, no reason. What reason do you not have to give it to Brendan Rodgers? He's probably a manager of, of a bigger reputation coming back to the club. Maybe not as good a manager, but if this is what you're going to serve Ange Postacoglu and what you've served Brendan Rodgers, how's any manager going to progress Celtic? And where's the vision? That, that's that, what you want to know. Where's the vision? And it, you know, is, is it any wonder that players and managers come to Celtic for two years and feel like we've done it? Because uh, there, there's no vision for Celtic. There's no vision from this board. I, I feel really let down. I feel that I've been ripped off. Do you know what I feel? Like? You know how every Christmas, you know these winter wonderlands spring up, and then yeah. inevitably there's a news story about one that's absolutely terrible. And it's a donkey in a car park. <laughs> but everyone's already paid their five hundred pound to go, and they go through the curtain. And yeah. There's a donkey in a car park with a couple of pallets and Santa <laughs> sitting on the pallets. That's kind of what I feel like the Champions League is for Celtic. We all get hyped about it. We all buy our tickets to Champions League Wonderland. That we go and it's a fucking donkey in a car park. That's what the Champions League is for Celtic. And what annoys me the most is the the can't even begin to put this wrong right until next August so we have to win the league first and then get into the Champions League next August and then we'll sign a couple of players and then I'll get all hyped about it and then Lord knows it'll probably be exactly the same that's a problem as well sorry mate but that's a problem because there's for me there's too much talk of aye but the Champions League is going to be different next year so you get more games and we'll get more revenue we've not, not qualified for it yet and because we've saddled Brendan Rodgers with all these crap players 
that's in jeopardy. Now, yeah. Rangers aren't in any great shape either, right? But there's no way that we can sit be sitting here in December saying, well, we're basically guaranteed to walk into the Champions League next year mm. and it'll be totally different. There's a fair chance that Celtic won't even be in it next year and we'll be sitting talking about how that was the last, basically, the last time we ever qualified for the Champions League because the, the coefficient will, have, will be on its arse in the next few years as it's, well. It's just, it's, just far, it's just far too not good enough uh, <laughs> from Celtic. And on that bombshell... Thank you so much for watching. Thanks to everyone who listens. Support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. You can get, at the very least, match reaction podcast for every game for less than the price of a happy meal per month. Eh, but we'll see you next week. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.